What's up, Red Letter Disciples? We're back with another great episode. I'll be joined in a moment by my friend, Pastor Chris Johnson, co-host of the Red Letter Disciple. And we've got a mission with this podcast. I know we get silly sometimes. I know we get crazy sometimes. But the mission of this podcast is we want to challenge you to be a greater disciple of Jesus wherever you are. Because when the world sees you as the great disciple of Jesus that you are, I really believe it's going to change. Today's episode, we've got a really great guest. His name is Clayton Green. He's the executive pastor at Summit Collaborative in North Carolina that in his day job, he gets to help the 49 churches. Come on, somebody that Summit has planted. How awesome is that? But a few years ago, while celebrating the Christmas season, his daughter, in the midst of all the busyness a day before Christmas, asked, why does Christmas feel so much more like it's about presence than it does it's about Jesus. Wow. And in that moment, Clayton decided he's going to do something to help his daughter and his family remember what the Christmas Advent season is all about and accidentally invented a product that not only has helped his family, but tons of families and even churches across the nation. So we're going to talk about that. And I promise you, we're going to get into a heated discussion right off the bat of why having turkey at Thanksgiving is either a must or is it a must? We're going to find out. Can't wait to introduce the Red Letter Disciple audience to Clayton. But first, and I'm saying that in the spirit of Julie Chen of Big Brother, but first, we can't do any of this without the team at Red Letter Living. I love getting to work with this team, and we create resources to help individuals and churches become greater disciples of Jesus. And today we got a gift for the pastors and church leaders out there. We call it the super simple, easily doable five-step guide to growing your small groups and you can pick it up at freeredlettergift.com. Healthy churches, you know this, are marked by many characteristics, but one of the most common is are your people connecting in relationship in small groups, life group, connect groups, whatever, whatever you want to call them, Bible studies. Every pastor knows that that is important, yet a lot aren't too happy with where their current church is in their small group ministry. And here's the good news. You can grow your small groups. We've helped more than a thousand churches so far. It's very doable. It's not as hard as you might think. I'm not saying it's no work. But I'm saying it's not hard work. So let's do this. You can grab that free resource at freeredlettergift.com. Free download there to help you grow your small groups. Hey, if Red Letter Disciple is important to you, influential, helpful to you, if you find it funny or just worthy of five stars, would you please go give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you're watching or listening? And make sure you follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode because we're almost 50 episodes in, but we're going to keep this thing rolling. So having said that, let's keep it rolling. Let's do this. All right, today on the Red Letter Disciple, we got Clayton Green joining us. Clayton is an executive pastor. The director at Summit. What does that mean? Collaborative. Listen what to this. Is, what is it, an executive pastor? So I don't know. Every executive pastor is a little different, but his day job oh. is actually getting to help the 49 churches that Summit Church has planted. That's, That's a lot of churches. Yeah. I wonder why they haven't done 50. I we should quiz him and short, see if he but... knows all their names. <laughs> right. But not only is he in ministry, Clayton's also a dad and a pastor, and he has a heart to see his kids truly discover Jesus and what Jesus is really about. So he's got all these cool products that actually has come out that have not only helped his family, but helped families and churches across the United States. And so Clayton Green, welcome to the podcast. And I have no idea why Chris's arm has been around <laughs> Shoulders. I feel we're getting close here. And so after how many episodes is it now? Uh, 50 something, yeah, right? 50 it's something. crazy. Right. Yeah, there you go. You, you smell great. Thank All you. right. Go ahead. I would love to say thanks for having me, but I am a little upset that I didn't get to be in the room and have some of that brotherly, brotherly affection as well. Yeah, so next, next time we'll just we'll get in the same space for this. Yeah. Where, where are you at? Where are you located? Don't tell him he will come and he will come and hug you. And it's it's always weird. So. By the end of the podcast, I'll be breaking into that door behind you, just <laughs> so you know. Durham, North Carolina. And if you come out of that door, which is a closet, I'm going to be really, really impressed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Clayton, hey, man, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, we've connected a couple of times. And uh, Kindred Spirits, both are in the ministry, but also spiritual entrepreneurs. And so navigating those waters. And so I want to, I want to get to your products in just a, a minute, because I think they're, they're really fascinating to help 
to help families and everyday disciples uh, really refocus on what's important in life, which I think we need every day, but especially around the holidays, it, it gets a little wonky. And so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I'd love to know, you create a lot of products around like holidays, like what's your favorite holiday and why? Yeah. Um, and this is a hard thing for me to pick and come on the record for because, you know, the, the right answer should be Christmas. But because it's, Groundhog of Day. it's Groundhog's Day, isn't it? Yeah, you're, it's, that's <laughs> second. Um, but I'm actually a huge Thanksgiving fan. Um, it kicks off the season. Um, yeah. there's, there's kind of the, the foods that I, I like savory foods a little bit more than sweet foods, right? So, you, you know, the turkey, the dressing, we kind of like try to do the whole thing. A couple of years ago, our family started doing a turkey trot. Nice. Um, you know, Zach, I don't know about you, but people who like to start things like to start things. Yeah. So we actually, in our old neighborhood, started a turkey trot for the neighborhood. And would, we actually, at its peak, had 50 people come out and run with us. Moved to a new neighborhood last year. They already had one here, so I didn't get to, to start a new. I didn't want to start a rival turkey no, trot. You don't want to do that as the new no. neighbor, man. The real turkey trot. <laughs> yeah, so we just, we just came in and did that. We like to watch the Macy's Parade. My parents yeah. come into town. And then, of course, we do the whole weekend thing where then we – start decorating and everything for Christmas. But so Thanksgiving is, is my pick and it should be yours as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like the confidence there. Are you a, are you a Turkey yeah. mashed potato, like traditional Thanksgiving yes. dinner? Cause I, I, there's people in the, since I moved back to Nebraska, there's more people that just, they don't do Turkey. They'll yeah, cook, we, they'll we cook st- steaks. There's one guy that's like, Oh, I do brisket every yep. year. I'm like, come on, man. We that's... stopped, we stopped doing Turkey. Let, really? let, let me, let me, let me, Hold on, hold on. You don't, you don't do a turkey on Thanksgiving? Listen to me. Listen, it's, listen. Are you American? How Sacrilegious. Many how many times do you go to a five-star restaurant and the maitre d' comes out and he goes, today we have our award-winning slow-cooked turkey. <laughs> no, you don't go to any restaurant ever in the history of mankind is the number one dish turkey. And we- you shouldn't go to a restaurant on Thanksgiving. So like your, your, your point of like, it, it couldn't be, I didn't know this is like, pardon the interruption. I'm ready. So listen, you, yeah. this is precisely why you should have a turkey on Thanksgiving because oh. it's not out at a restaurant. It's not like a Michelin star situation. It's a family situation. And it's yeah. anchoring yourself of where you are and when you are in the church, in the, not church calendar, but in the calendar. Right. So if you're not doing turkey, then how are you signifying that it's a, a special day of the year? Well, allow, allow me to retort, <laughs> Mr. Green, if that's your real name. Uh, here's the thing. How many times do you get a bunch of your friends together and say, you know what? We could have a really good meal or we could have a pretty average meal. How's that sound? We do it one time a year and we call it Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's what makes it. I mean, special. it is a meal oh, where garbage. you typically have friends and family around. The I know, table. but why would you serve the best thing hey, you could listen, possibly serve? I think we're realizing here not everybody has a budget like Chris, where we can do A five Wagyu. No, 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 no. I'm not talking A five Wagyu. You know what we did last year? We had in Florida, we had a shrimp boil. It was fantastic. We all got together Mm. just like they did when the pilgrims came over. They brought their shrimp, they brought their potatoes, they brought their corn. That's what really happened. And somehow it got erased. You've also never had a fried turkey. You've never had a turkey that's like been injected and dropped in oil. I have. I have. And that was pretty good. Again, though, I'm saying you don't go to Roost Chris and order the turkey. Zach, please break the tie here. (laughs) Zach, break the tie. I I do love a shrimp boil. Those are one of my favorite meals. Last year so uh, for turning. turkey, I made two turkeys. I smoked them both, oh, which I found trigger. that's the only way to go from now on is is not oven baked but smoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was regular, yeah. and then the other I did this bacon wrap weave around it, and okay. it was fabulous. Okay, okay, fabulous. Okay, okay, that's good. So you had a six out of ten meal when you could have had a ten Man. out of ten. That's fine. This went off the rails. All right, really let's get back. Let's, let's so get Thanksgiving. Back. Let's get back. I like. Okay, I'd, I would like to know what is your favorite holiday, Chris? Oh, um, you know, I love Christmas. Yeah, Every, I love Christmas. It's hard to beat Christmas. Uh, I mean, everybody together, watching your kids open a yeah. present. You don't think that the you know they didn't think they were going to get. That's great. Fourth of July is great. 
That is good too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a Christmas uh, guy. Yeah. Election day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there right. you go. Bring yeah. it home, Zach. Very come good. On. You've so, okay. This, you've let this thing go I, off I let the it go tracks. off the rails. This is my You're fault. To, come on. All right. I want to know though, because we're going to get into advent blocks in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Why we created this, oh. which is all about the Christmas season. I've got a really but I want to know from you, uh, it feels like people are starting to celebrate Christmas earlier and earlier and earlier. Amen. And especially now that I hear you're a guy that likes Thanksgiving. <laughs> is it okay to hang lights prior to Thanksgiving or do Christmas songs mm. prior to Thanksgiving? Or does that need to wait? That's a great question. I know it is. Okay. So I don't have super strong opinions on this. Like I'm sure Chris does. Um, <laughs> I granted you just came out with a pretty strong opinion on the Thanksgiving, but yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on this, I didn't say about that. On this, uh, I don't have strong opinions. Right. I'm not gonna get mad at you if you're playing music ahead of time, Christmas music ahead of time. I'm not gonna be mad if you're putting lights inside your house. I might get a little bit upset if you're doing lights outside of your house before Thanksgiving. I think maybe that's something we should agree on together. But I, here's how here's what I would say though. You should get ready for Christmas in september or october okay so you should be buying your advent blocks you should you know be be kind of planning when you're going to travel who you're going to travel what are the big moments of the season are you getting tickets to that light show or whatever you gotta plan (laughs) early but then let let like october and november and and thanksgiving be what it is and then really fire it up right after thanksgiving that so i I, my opinion is you should wait till after thanksgiving but i won't get mad at you Unless your lights are outside your house. No, okay. I think there's okay. wisdom in that. And also the planning early because it once you're in it, like after Thanksgiving too, it's a frenzy. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about that yeah. in a yeah. bit. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I would say the one caveat mm. that I do think when I, so when I moved back from Florida to Omaha, Nebraska, a little more than two years ago. We kicked them out. Uh, yeah, they did. But it had to have been an assignment from God for me to make, to make that move. But I, I will say <laughs> that in colder weather, temperature, colder temperature, places right like sometimes you just got to take what you can get and if you get a really nice day in like early november yeah to hang the lights okay you yeah. might just need to take that because that's right. not guaranteed <laughs> after well, thanksgiving okay, you're so gonna get one that's fair but thank what you about, what about this what about like you go into home depot right yeah and it's uh october it's not even like the first of October and they've got like those scary Halloween yeah. blow ups. And then like the next row, they have 15 aisles of, you know, Christmas trees. Yeah. I think when it should, there be a state law that you cannot, you know, put out your Christmas stuff before you put away your Halloween stuff. I think mm. like maybe it's confusing to me. You know, mm. I, I walk yeah. in and I'm like, what season is it? You know, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like that. You're letting the States make the decision. You know what I mean? <laughs> Make it a federal law. Well, I, I mean, vote for me. Uh, <laughs> that's not. That's I. I think that stores like uh, retail stores mm-hmm. have decided that there are only like twelve holidays. Now, I, I wish I would have kind of done the work to figure out where they were, but it, they definitely leap, right? Oh, so yeah. Like Fourth of July goes over, and it it's like Halloween stuff comes. Yeah, that's true. That's Halloween, true. I feel like, is the one holiday that's really propelled more than any in the last two decades. Yeah. Yeah, it's growing. It almost takes over back to school. It's like, yeah. I don't know. You'll find your pencils. Here's a, <laughs> here's a pumpkin, though, you know? Yeah, exactly. Take like, a jack-o'-lantern with you. It's July, it's, it's July 4th, back to school, Halloween, Christmas, mm-hmm. Valentine's, yeah. Easter bunnies, mm-hmm. and then we're back to the 4th of July. I mean, that's like, I, I don't think I even missed any of the, the retail oh. stores. Well, you missed the Frozen movie whenever it comes out every year. Oh yeah, that season, but. that's true. Frozen season. <laughs> Frozen season. <laughs> mm-hmm. But hey, man, hey, I actually love that you've done something in this space, Advent space, because I think there's a, a huge gap. Uh, we write a lot of 40 day challenges that fit really well in other seasons, but usually not in Advent. And so, first, like our listeners may not all understand, like what is Advent? Let's back up and talk about what Advent is and why this season's so important. And then I want to talk about what you've got. Yeah, so you do feel the irony of you asking me, someone who has not been in a liturgical church um, over a long period of time, to define what Advent is and explain to everyone. So I'm going to give a little shot here. <laughs> but I, we 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 wrote an article. It's on it's on our uh, website, Chris. In, but in fairness, um, you did create Advent blocks. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, come on. It's a it's um 
It's for people who know what Advent is and for people who need to know what Advent is. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so it's, it's for everybody. Um, you know, there is, we, our Advent blocks do 25 days, right? Yeah. Much like the Advent calendars that will count down uh, and give you chocolate. Um, that's not what Advent is for many, 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 many people sure. who are in churches that where they're, they're doing candles. My, my church growing up didn't do Advent yeah. candles where it was the four Sundays and then, and Christmas. And um, our family has done that. Uh, and then uh, just last year, we participated in that with a, um, a new church that we're a part of. And so uh, we're actually on the church, whole church side of things, kind of leaning into that. And then also, Every year we have a couple of people that will email us and tell us that we got it wrong by doing 25 days. Yeah. It's like hey, that 25 days, not the Christian version of Advent. We're like, oh, we get it. But we <laughs> promise your kids will like this. Yeah. <laughs> and they will ask you to read and tell them about Jesus. So, um, I mean, it's a, it's the time of year where the church um, takes to anticipate Jesus's birth and his coming to earth to stay. So it's, uh, you know, for, in my mind, it's, you know, the counter to Lent in the spring. So Zach, why don't you tell me what I've missed here in my definition of what Advent is and what's good. No, no, I never correct our guests. That's why you're the expert on, on the red letter disciple. No, I think it's awesome. I think, yeah. And, and, and part of the, uh, the dichotomy of the difference is there's four Sundays leading up to Christmas Eve and that service and Christmas even, and, and those four Sundays never fall on the same dates. And so that's yeah. where if you're trying to do anything with Advent, like commercially or, or even in retail, you've kind of got to just do the 25 days of December. And so it's, the, but it's the same period, the same season. And you hit on those things and, and that period of waiting, that period of anticipation mm-hmm. and, and liturgical, churches that they'll, some of them, many of them will focus as they're doing the Advent wreath on those four words of hope, peace, uh, joy, and love. And, and so it's really just getting ready for Christmas and for the birth of Jesus. And so you guys have done a, a great job uh, in helping, uh, helping people celebrate this time, this season. And so I want to, I want to dive into that, but I, I first want to tell you kind of what I think, and what I've noticed <laughs> in the Advent Christmas season, I think you mentioned it earlier, like it just feels like a frenzy. Absolutely. And it, and it feels kind of ironic because like on Thursday, <laughs> that Thanksgiving, we sit around the table with our turkeys because that's how you do it. And we talk about what we're grateful for. And then the next day, ironically, we spend more money than any day of the year. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, gratitude right. on Thursday, right. consumerism and greed on Friday, totally. uh, where we're fighting in Walmart, you know, pick up lines to get the items. There's only a few left. And, and so there's just this frenzy then all of the all of the way until Christmas Eve. And it's like Mm -hmm. this month long race with parties and like you said, light shows and all of this stuff. And I'm exhausted as a, as a, just a person. Then you throw in, I I, I carry, and so does Chris and many of our listeners, the the title of pastor as well. And I've got to plan for arguably the the most important service of the year Mm -hmm. alongside of Easter. Most pastors would say those are the two. And so I'm just exhausted at the end of it. So that's my story. And I know a lot of others as well, but I'm assuming like this came out of a personal need for you too. Well, so I'd love to know how that came about. So the other thing I would add to that long soliloquy is, (laughs) is this, um, that we're also parents. And so who usually gets left in the dust? You know what I mean? Like I felt so guilty about that in the past. Like I've spent so much time getting ready for this huge service and then my my wife and my kids are back at home while I'm spending these long hours, right. you know. So, yeah, help us out, man. So, how, yeah, how did Advent blocks come to be? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the reason it came to be for us is cam- comes out of that same tension that you're talking about. I, I actually think that's why I think more and more people are aware of Advent every year because um, Advent blocks are so amazing. Just kidding. <laughs> more and more people are aware of Advent every year because. Um, there is like a cultural Christmas mm. and there's a Christian Christmas. Mm, and that's yeah. part of what some of those people that are emailing us are kind of harping on is like, man, let's make sure we draw the line. I think that families have to, in some way, put a marker down in their house that yeah. says everybody's doing this, <laughs> but everybody's not doing this part of it. And this is actually the main part of it. And that's really what happened in our story. So I, I, I think it was 2018. 
Okay. Um, when my daughter, Kara, who was, I should do the math, was six or seven at the time. I think she was six. It was December 23rd. And she said to me and my wife, Kristen, mommy and daddy, you say that Christmas is all about Jesus, but it feels like Christmas is all about presents. Yeah. I mean, it was like a knife in the back because it was <laughs> December 23rd. What are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Yeah. With and just wait until next year, baby. <laughs> and, and the, and the year after that, and the year after that, because, <laughs> because we were like, man, we, we did something wrong. The thing that I reflect on with that is we actually were, were doing a reading of some sorts centering around um, the birth of Jesus, like through yeah. the booth. But it just it, it wasn't enough. It didn't compete enough with the anticipation of every time we put a new present under the tree. So here's the thing. We still wanted to put presents under the tree. Sure. So the next November, I kind of do a search online trying to find something that's going to um, be center of the home, kind of everyday push, 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 kind of really rival everything else that's happening. And if not even kind of like benefit from all of the anticipation and excitement that's happening, but put all of that focus in one spot on Jesus being born. So looked and looked, couldn't find anything. And uh, I, I like working with wood. I kind of started drawing a couple of ways that some pieces of wood could could go on a mantle and move around. I had three options. I showed my wife, Kristen. I said, what do you think? And she pointed at the one in the middle, which is what you have right there in front of you now. <laughs> and and you can you can get on goodkind.shop. And she said, do that one and call it Advent Blocks. Um, that first year, we were like writing stories the same day we were reading them. We actually, the block was three and a half inches large. We were painting on them because we, we didn't already have them yeah. like painted or created. Paint, and, it, and anyway, we get to the to the 24th and 25th. And the the excitement on those days about those stories and about Jesus's birth was rivaling the excitement about what was under the tree in the presence. Wow. And you're like, wow, so this is special. That's awesome, bro. So take me back to that moment. Like I, I can imagine I would, you know, I think sometimes at Red Letter, we believe kids not just can be disciples. Kids are disciples. Right. And, and, and sometimes they have a really keen way of understanding and saying things that maybe we wouldn't say to one another, but in a way that helps us understand like, oh yeah, geez, (laughs) we are a bit off in that. And, and so I think a, like, first off your, your daughter at least had to have some sort of faith background in the home and, you know, in church and other places to even ask that question. So like, that's good on you, but but how did that feel in that moment to hear that from your daughter <laughs> that Christmas feels more about presents than it does about Jesus? I'll take that one. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, it was it's, it was like a knife in the back. I, it's kind of like a, a gut punch in that <clears throat> you know we were trying, right? And I, I I appreciate yeah. you for for kind of pointing that out and that encouragement and and that. To be said, like, I bet most of the people who are listening to your podcast are trying to. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things about our faith, though, because right after I kind of get hit with the gut punch is I then have the opportunity to turn the corner into grace and say, hey, God does want us to engage. God does want us to continue to grow. God does want us to continue to disciple our family. We've noticed something here that we need to change. Now we have an opportunity to change it. It's yeah. not like that one moment was a failure that can't be overcome or worked on. In some ways, it was a piece of information that we needed to act on. Well, yeah. and it's not like she was 19 and saying, yeah. you know, all through my life, it was always about presence. It's like, okay, this is the second quarter of the game. Uh, we still have a chance to change our <laughs> offensive scheme and make this better. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, if you're not Nebraska football, then yes, well, you would yeah, have a chance. They to still that, have a program? But... I don't know. Uh, barely. It's okay. sad. But anyway, so awesome. So now you're painting on these blocks. You're you're writing stories, telling stories, kind of figuring this out at your home. It's not a product for anybody yet. It's just something you're doing at the home. But what it's turned into, right, is it's not just telling, I think, the story of Christmas, but kind of the whole Bible from front to can, front to can end. I, is that can right? I, can I break into these real quick? Let me yeah. So go to YouTube right now if you are listening to this on iTunes, because I want to show you what exactly we're talking about. And so I've got a question for you. So I I go to block number one, right? I go to block number one. It says, and if you're listening to this, um, we have, these are really nice. They're one through um, 
25 because he messed up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I turn around the number one block and it's got an apple on it. And then it's got an E. And so can, what does that mean? Talk to me there, Goose. Well, I, um, so how it works is you hand the blocks to your kids. Here it goes, Zach. Thank you. And uh, they dump them out. Oh, um, they dump them all out. They, they always do. And then it's very, it's very intuitive. It's very intuitive. They line them up one through 25. Like we literally say, hand these to your kids and watch what happens. Okay. They line them up one through 25. And then there, there's a, a star block and there's a, a world block. It looks like the earth. And okay. uh, those start on day one and day 25. Okay. And then every day you read a story. Um, so on the first day you read the first story. Um, it is about Adam and Eve. Okay, and yeah, which is why the apple's on there. Block and you turn it a quarter turn, and it reveals an image that corresponds to the story. That What's really cool is even if you have really, really young readers, um, yeah. there's actually a picture of that in the book, and so they can match it very, very oh, easily. Cool. And then the star stays on top of that block. Then the very next day, you read the second story, and you turn it, and it's a rainbow. And Zach, what story do you think that is? Uh, I'm guessing <laughs> that might be the flood. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so um, you read that story. It corresponds to the story in the book. And then you move the star on top of that image ah. and then so on and so forth as, as you keep going through the day. So you see there's this approximation as every day as the number turns yeah. and you roll another, another image. There's an approximation of that star to the earth on the other far end representing God coming to earth okay so that there's actually a, a a visual anticipation of that star moving across moving towards the earth every day you just really want to turn that block you want to see what that image is and it's really cool because you know if your kids you know seven to nine or, or older than that what will end up happening is they'll start remembering the stories by the icons so i mean we we totally stumbled into all of the magic that I'm describing right now. I mean, there was a little bit of strategy of how everything kind of works out, but I, I mean, it's beautiful as it moves all the way across. And then on the 24th, what you do is you actually turn all those images one more time. And so that E on that first block is the first letter in the word Emmanuel. So it says Emmanuel, God with us is what it then reveals. Ah. In and uh, it, it's it's so exciting for the family, and 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 it does it walks all the way through. Chris, our author, did an amazing job. Thank I you. think it's not until the seventeenth. Not this Chris, uh, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, sorry. not that Chris. Another yeah. guy. All right. <laughs> the seventeenth that it actually starts being the New Testament stories. Okay. But he does so many good things in the stories. There's a refrain at the end of each day yeah. that everybody in the family starts repeating. That builds the anticipation. The refrain changes on the 17th because there's it, there's a quickening to the story. Um, yeah, it's 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 really special. And my, my girls now will Kara in particular will pray things that they have read in cool. those stories. Oh, that's awesome. Times, they, they'll 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 remember things. They'll they'll be hearing a story uh, at church or we'll be reading something at home and they're like, oh, that's this story because this, this, and this happens. Um nice. that's cool. They're, they're really learning the story of the whole Bible as it relates to God's presence with his people. And that's an amazing, so many people, I think, just need that deeper biblical, even if it's just once a year to remind, this is the grand story, the grand arc of it. Uh, well, we've lost Chris for the rest of the episode. I, I, He's now playing say, with blocks, so I, okay. <laughs> which is good. That's exactly so what you So serious want. question, though. Like, uh, I've been working with youth for 20-some years, and, and uh, what I get a lot of times is that the parents, you know, they don't feel equipped, and they don't know where to start. And I, yeah. I, what I like about this is that you're kind of giving the, I mean, you're going from not many Advent kits start from, you know, the garden and then go right. here. I think that's really cool. And you're basically, I always say, man, with little kids, I hope they have the foundational stories that they can grow their mm -hmm. faith upon. And I think this really does a great job of that, man. Yeah, it's cool. And Clayton, I feel like some of the things that we experience in the Advent season, that frenzied pace, uh, the busyness and the exhaustion and the hurry that is especially in that holiday season, I feel like that's a kind of a microcosm of what we're starting to experience the rest of the year too. Hmm. Uh, is that what you're seeing and what you're feeling? And, and how can this 
something like this help us <laughs> in this frenzied hurry, what feels exhausting? I mean, more, more people are burnt out than ever. So how, how can something like this help us with that hurried pace that a lot of us are living? And also your nine and six, that's very confusing. You should have put a line <laughs> under one of those or something. Come on. Yeah. Man, you, you, <laughs> wow. you jumped ahead of my coming joke with that joke. Okay, sorry. Say, <laughs> yes, Advent Blocks helps with that. But you know what helps more? Eating turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a heathen. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. But it's oh, in, in, all, in all seriousness, like, um, I do think that we have to fight to even pay attention yeah. to analog and human and natural things anymore. Yeah. Right. I mean, we live in a 24 seven digitally accessible world. Yeah, so, so, true, man. so to, to, to do something that is not, uh, you know, on a screen right. is different, mm-hmm. you know, do something that involves other people that you're in the same room with is different. <laughs> um, and, you know, to do something that involves um, the seasons and the natural world that God has put us in, um, is different, right? Yeah. I actually think that we need to be fighting to do those things. I think that those elements are a lot of what it does and happens in the church. And I, I think that probably, you know, 50 years ago, whenever Chris was born, you know, there, it, was, it, was a different exactly world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a different world, right? Where, where analog and nature and people in the same room with you was, it kind of came standard, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't come standard anymore. And I don't want to be one of those people who just is afraid of the new technology or afraid of the next thing. Sure. But I do think in these these specific instances, it, it is kind of pulling us into a pace of things that we don't know that we that we don't notice. And so stopping yeah. to mark holidays and, and being intentional about it is really, really important. Ruth Haley Barton says um, it's like a it's a phrase of, or maybe it's a chapter of, of one of her books. It says it talks about the spiritual practice of paying attention. Mm. And that actually is, I would say that is a spiritual practice. We all need to be practicing, which is paying attention yeah. to what's happening where you are and what spiritual things are happening in that, in that place. And stuff like this hopefully points us in that direction as well as, you know, 40 day guides like you guys create. Yeah, exactly. I think creating that, that space, you know, and, and that's you said it earlier, and I think there's wisdom in it uh, that some of the best practices around the Christmas season are probably to help line up your calendar in September and October for the Christmas season and to get ready. Because if you don't, it just overtakes you. And so I've, I've noticed that in my own family, we've done good and bad. And so uh, there was a two-year period. It's been four or five years, though, probably three or four, maybe. But there's a two-year period where I felt like, man, after this consumeristic, frenzied uh cultural pace that we run, uh, we actually went on two family mission trips uh, over the new year holiday just to kind of recenter, um, to get out of that mindset and to start the new year in the right mindset. And that was like so awesome for us to just go and serve. Uh, One time we did hurricane disaster relief. Another time we went to Uganda as a part of a vision vision trip. I was like, man, those things were awesome. And I haven't done those the last three years. Mm. And it's like, ah, I liked doing that. I like saying this is the good stuff, but now it's the bad. And it's like, if I don't put that in, if I don't intentionally schedule that, get ahead of our family's calendar even, uh, we just won't do those things. And, And that's what... I think you're saying is, yeah, we can we can put these moments in and and create these practices that at least for an advent advent blocks, at least for a day, we get a, a few minutes of this. Um, yeah. It's more than that. It's how do we do that in the everyday that I, I think is really, really awesome. So cool. Uh, so, yeah, as a dad, so you flip from not just this, but I actually think you helped with the very same thing I'm just mentioning. One of my uh, actually I love we, we put a new product that you have. It's called the Sabbath box. Uh, we have it in our mudroom right as you walk in to, to the home. And it's a, a box that essentially for us, we put our phones in there and we're, we're getting used to it. So it's it, we, we're not experts at it yet, but we, several times. Yeah, we've thrown phones in there for a couple of hours that we're going to have screen free time. And so talk to me about uh, the Sabbath box and, and, and how that hits the same stuff we're talking about, but on a more, um, yeah. Also, if I could follow up to that, uh, Clayton, I um, am staying at Zach's house um, right now and he's got like about 12 remotes and can never (laughs) find the right remote to turn on the TV. So usually I just like, I just, are you putting it in the Sabbath box? I say to hit you, let's just 
forget about the phones in the Sabbath box. You're not going to do that. <laughs> but maybe if you put the remotes in the Sabbath box, then I'll know then, where they are. And we can actually play Jackbox <laughs> before midnight. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, um, inner circle here. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. With the Sabbath box or the remote box or the phone box. Or... <laughs> you no, know, we, our team, when we, you know, accidentally created admin blocks, um, we then created. Easter blocks, which I think Chris is writing on that is, is even better. Um, we, we then started to reverse engineer why it was so yeah. helpful to families. You know, we had people saying I'd, I tried Advent things before, but I'd never started one and actually finished it. And in this situation, I finished it. Right. Yeah. So there's something about the tangible nature of it. Um, the number on it, like makes you want to, to turn it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you hand your, kids something and say hey you can play with this and if you ask me to play with this with you i will mm-hmm. i mean it, but that's essentially what we did with advent blocks accidentally right so they've yeah. almost become little accountability devices so we kind of reverse engineered what was successful about it and we said but we have other spiritual practices that we want to do how can we apply some of these things that we've learned to that as well and that's where the Sabbath box came from. We're like, we really want to do this more consistently. We want to have a way to make sure that our family is being pulled into it. We do a little bit of teaching with it. Um, and um, it also cues us every week in order to remember and actually participate in it. So uh, we went through multiple different iterations of it. But that that box that you're talking about, the the top of it flips back and forth. Yeah. And one side says create and cultivate, reminding us throughout the week of the good of work. And then uh, on whatever you intend to be your Sabbath, uh, you flip that box top to the other side and it says stop and enjoy, reminding us that God calls us to stop and enjoy him and all the good things that he has made. Uh, There's a prayer on the back of the box that you can read at the end of the weekend um, or at the end of your Sabbath, however long you are doing that. It is a box that you can actually put your phones in it, but it actually did end up being important that we made it so you can hang it on the wall. Because those cues that remind us to do things like that, um, it's really important that we trip over them, that we that we or you bump your head into it, um, depending on where you put it in your mudroom. Great location, by the way, because um, it's something that you're walking through and you're doing stuff when you're in there. Um, ours is in our uh, kitchenette area, but it's facing right into the kitchen. Yeah. Um, the, the location where you where you put something like that matters. That's another thing that we found, like. The location of where you put your Bible will change how much you read. Yep. You know, I mean, there's small things like this that we can do in terms of cueing ourselves to spiritual practice that we're trying to create more and more products that will help with that. It's good. And and, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm not anti where the world's going. I know that there's some difficult things on these devices. There's also some great opportunities on, on yeah. digital and these, these new devices that we've never had before. It's cool that you and I can have a conversation in 2023. I can see your face and eventually this will get into the onto the YouTube and everything else. And like, that's amazing that all that's available. And so I'm, I'm not one to say that I'm against where everything is headed. But I, I do think that there will be more and more uh, of a push and a need to, to stay analog in a few, a few areas. We, in the last season we had Jay Kim on who wrote analog church and analog Christian. And, no. and there's just this need in a very hyper digital world to, to at times uh, let those things go. And, and that's what I, I think your products do such a good job of, of reminding us is that there, there is something more behind all of this that if we don't intentionally take the time, we'll miss. But when we take the time, it's super rich and and incredibly fulfilling and rewarding. And so uh, that's so cool, man. So I'd love to flip a little bit and, you know, because you're in ministry, but now you're a, a spiritual entrepreneur. And I think we, we share that. So I'd love to know, uh, because it's different being a pastor in a church and then somebody who's, you know, helping the kingdom, but in a, in a more business minded mindset. And so what are you learning as a spiritual entrepreneur that you didn't or haven't learned, I would say, uh, working in the church? I got this. Every church wants everything for free. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, my friend. Most churches, most churches. We, we do offer Advent Blocks uh, through our local church program almost for free, not really for free, but less than what our business advisors tell us we should. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. um, because we, we want to, to help in that way. Um, I, I think it for me, it goes back to the same thing about attention. Um, it's really hard 
when you're when you're running a business to get someone's attention mm-hmm. someone walks into a church service it you're battling for their attention a little bit but not that much mm-hmm. as we battle for people's attention whether it's we're trying to send them an email to encourage them or um we are trying to say something on social media or you know we we run ads try to 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 get people to see what we're doing and and engage with um, advent blocks and other things that we're doing at good kind. Um, but it's really, really hard to have someone pay attention to something that you actually think will be helpful for them. So I think in some ways that's helped me be reflective on myself about paying attention to all the things that are happening around me. Um, because to, to break through into someone's consciousness, to actually let something be helpful is really, really hard from a business perspective. It's made me, even a, a little bit, though social media and ads and things help us grow the business and help us reach more families to help, it makes me a little bit more wary of those spaces and just, or maybe more aware as I enter into those spaces about what is happening and, and what people are trying uh, to do. And that pe- some people who are really, really going to send something helpful are trying to find me there as well. So I think it's about, it's all about. That's good, man. Yeah, I yeah. think. What, I, what I've seen a lot, too, is, you know, I think in the church space, we can take for granted uh, sometimes why people are there and just assume that they understand why they're a part of their church. Whereas in the business space or, you know, the, a spiritual entrepreneur space, like we're, we're constantly having to think of what's in it for the other person. Like what's in it for me is the number one advertising question, you know, that you answer. And I think churches don't always think that way. What's in it for the person that's sitting here, uh, th- they can kind of come from a mindset of what's in it for the church. And, and that's fine. The, God, God is, the church is God's bride, and we ought to think about the, the goodness and the overall collective of the church, but it's made up of people. And so that's really helped me uh, see from a spiritual entrepreneur, even on the church side, of we need to make sure that people always yeah. understand what's in it for them. Yeah. So why would we do something like this, right? Why, why would we pause for 25 days uh, to, to, to review the story of God when there's X, Y, and Z competing for my attention? And the more we can answer those questions, the, the better. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Cool, man. So what's next? So it changed from Advent. When did it change from a product, which I heard you say earlier, we accidentally created it, <laughs> Advent Blocks. Uh, now it's called Goodkind. Uh, that's the company, goodkind.shop. Dot shop. What is, yeah, what's, when did it turn into a, an actual business? Mm. And what's the name, the meaning behind Goodkind? Yeah, so 2019 is when we did it with our family for the first time. 2020, it became a business. We we're trying to to give it to our church and um, get it out to some more people. Uh, and then, so it was already a business, but then in 2021, we released Easter blocks and started doing some of that reverse engineering. We, f- we flipped in 2021 to the name good kind. Um, and, and the goal at this point is, um, we say we want to help people develop the good kind of habits and holiday practices. So we have some things to help you with habits. Uh, we have something called sticky prayers, that help you to, to pause and pray throughout the day. Something called Gratitude that helps you with um, um, a little bit of variety and uh, gratefulness in your table conversations. So those are more like habits, Sabbath box, yep. habit. And then we also have um, holiday celebrations. So that's Easter and Advent and, and other things like that. So we, we help people practice the good kind of habits and holiday celebrations. We just want people to engage with God because we believe if you're engaging with God, like the meaningful moments in your life are just going to shoot through the roof. It's good, bro. And love connecting with you and, and all that you're doing for the kingdom. And so, Hey, we ask all our listener, uh, I guess this question, uh, to challenge at the end of the day, we want this to be a podcast to challenge everybody to be a greater disciple of Jesus. So if you could issue one challenge, drop one challenge on our listeners, that something practically they can do this week, what would it be for them to grow as a disciple? Better not be Turkey. <laughs> One, yeah, that's I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, just wasn't one. there, but I love I love the callback. Yeah. Just one thing. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm gonna say one thing, and I'm gonna put four sub bullets in it because <laughs> you're the one thing that you could do. Because I believe when this this is releasing in the fall, the one thing you could do is like we've already talked about is prepare for Christmas now. 
That's that. Interestingly, it seems very practical and not very spiritual, but it's actually very, very, very spiritual. Right. So if you're, you want to prepare for Christmas now so that Christmas doesn't become cultural Christmas, that it actually is Christian Christmas and that your family is focused on Jesus. So here are the bullet points for that. One, don't feel like you need to reinvent the wheel every year. Um, if wh- while you're planning this Christmas, don't feel like you have to reinvent yeah. new things are fun, but the things you remember from your childhood Christmas are not the things you did once. It's the things you did seven times. Oh, yeah. wow. Good point. Second, engage with what your church is doing and your church should be doing advent blocks. So you should tell them about that <laughs> we sell it to them at a discount, but engage with what your church is doing because Christian Christmas shouldn't be done alone. It shouldn't just be done yeah. at the store. It should be done with a, a faith family. Um, make sure that right now in the fall, you pick the most important things that you're going to do this Christmas um, and only do those things. Do you realize that it's okay to say no to a work Christmas party if you would rather be at your church Christmas party or, or whatever that might be? Uh, and then here's the hardest one. Decide how you're going to travel and when you're going to travel and communicate that to your family now, <laughs> not at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And you will thank me for it because it's <laughs> Emotions are less high now than they will be in um, uh, November. So plan for Christmas now. That's the most spiritual thing you can do this week. Cool. It sounds like you may have said those bullet points from your own experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, 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 uh, we came up with those for our, for our team uh, this year, and it's actually on our podcast, the Good Kind Podcast. Nice, nice. Very cool. All right, listeners, if you take up that challenge and you're prepping for Christmas now, this week, doing those four things, let us know. Hashtag Red Letter Disciple. We want to cheer you on and support you in that cause. All right, Clayton, before you head on out, uh, I usually, usually let Chris have the final say with the guest. And he's uh, prepared something specifically for you. So, so yes, I always uh, beware. I always do a game or a little segment that uh, I specifically make for each person. Yeah. Hours go into this. Uh, Clayton Green of GoodKind.shop. You really have done it all. You, uh, you've created these fantastic blocks. You're an executive pastor, a director at the Summit Collaborative for Summit Church with 49 churches. I have two kids. Sometimes I don't even remember their names, but I love them dearly. Clayton, you're an entrepreneur, and clearly you have struck it here. I am also an entrepreneur, and I have some ideas. I have some ideas that I would like to pitch to go on to the goodkind.shop. Oh, wow. Shop. All right. So I want want to – you know, here's the thing. Let – First things first, you do some stuff with kids, right? So do I. I worked with kids for a long time. And I think we can all agree that some of the stories that are in the Bible are really rough for kids. Like, <laughs> we tell the Noah's Ark story, right? But we don't tell the story about the, all the people that died in the flood. You know? <laughs> we just talk about the two-by-two of two the animals. And, it's and the rainbow. And the rainbow. We don't talk about people drowning. But that's not it. Let's talk about the 10 plagues. 10 plagues, right? So 10 plagues. I have a 10 plague finger puppet set that I would like to sell on the goodkind.shop website. Imagine this. This is just a prototype, okay? Check this out. Hi, I'm plague number one. And this is what the Lord says. By this, you will know that I'm Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile. And it's going to be changed into blood. The, uh, the fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink and the Egyptians will not be able to drink it. Okay, so that's just blood. That's the finger pop of blood. All right? Hold on. Don't say so yes or no. you have 10 of these? I have 10. I'm not going to go through it all. It's only a 40-minute podcast. Are you, are you wanting them to be blocks? No, they're Puppet finger blocks. puppets. They're finger puppets. Okay. Like that would be blood. And I'm going to have Cam put up. I have an image for it right here i've got blood your business pitching skills are fantastic i've got um let's see i've got boils i've got one that's boils it's very boily uh locusts anyway, killing locusts the i've got the locusts i sent this to cam and uh hopefully we'll be able to put this up but this is uh, maybe we'll do it we'll fix it in post all right let's go to the next one don't say yes or no okay don't don't oh, say does yes he have no. to pick one of these is that well, the goal yeah yeah i would okay. like you and uh, as part of being on this podcast right. he agreed he agreed. That we, he would add listen, one. we sold his blocks. He's going to sell my stuff. All right. So we'll do like a 70 30 cut. Uh, never mind. Let's, we'll work out the details later. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, you have the gratitude cube, right? You have the gratitude cube. Yes. I have decided to take back something from, you know, they have that eight ball. It's satanic. I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Now I have the what would Jesus say cube. So for instance, Clayton, ask me a question and then I'm going to roll the cube and see what Jesus would say. Ask me any question. Yes or no. Yes or no. A yes, a yes or no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it going to rain later today? Great. Let me roll the what would Jesus say cube. Okay. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> All right. All right. So maybe you don't like that one. Maybe, you know, one more. Let me try one more. Let me try one more. Is that the Beata cube? Beata cubes. Oh, much better name. Much better name. That's okay. He doesn't get my some people don't have the chops to be a spiritual entrepreneur. Listen, this one is gold. You know how tic tacs are for pagans? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I didn't know that. You know how tic tacs are for pagans? Tic tac? No, tic tacs. The mints? The mints are clearly for pagans. Oh okay. Okay. I have spearmint testaments testaments and on the package it says pass the word and it's got a verse on each testament yeah. so when you give it to somebody who is also a pagan you can say hey god bless you that's a testament that's and the before winner. they eat it they look at it and i we had to pick short ones so for instance because the mint's only so big jesus wept that, i don't know i don't know if that's gonna save him but testaments right there All we right, can see I think that's it. That's okay. the thing. Coming to you a year from now. Testaments. Another 10 years. Uh, testaments. I think, I'm not sure we'd get sued if we did that, by the I way. I feel like that's a that thing already. Testaments? Yeah. Yes. No, 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 no. I feel no, like no, I no. saw that in the old Christian bookstore. I didn't know. I, I think you're ripping this ass. Are any of these ideas actually original? No, I just Googled them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if any of these will make all it right. on there. All right. Testaments. All right, Clayton. Hey, man, we had some fun with you, bro. If people want to connect with you uh, or any of the stuff you've talked about, where can they find you? Yeah, everything you can find at goodkind.shop. Um, that's where you can find the local church program. You can find social media stuff and you can find all the products we've talked about today, including Advent Blocks. And testament everything but the last three that are fake products you can find yeah, those, you not, those have not been released yet <laughs> very cool man hey thanks again for what you're doing in the uh, in this space and helping a lot of families and a lot of churches at the same time what about to a remember Jesus what it's all about my so. coach statue i don't know we could do that <laughs> i don't know I, i'm still working on it yeah there you go all right, all, right. all right blessings brother thank you for having me Well, you know, it got heated talking turkey early, but I, I think we redeemed this episode. Clayton and his team at goodkind.shop have all sorts of products to help you grow in your faith. And so check out the links in, in the show notes at redletterpodcast.com. At that link, you'll also find what I mentioned at the very beginning, a free gift for pastors and church leaders, that free downloadable PDF called the Super Simple, Easily Doable Five-Step Guide to Growing Your Small Groups. Next week, we're having a really important conversation on the Red Letter Disciple as we welcome Jamar Tisby to the show. Jamar is the author of the wildly influential Color of Compromise. He's a historian, an author, a podcaster, and he helps people become lifelong advocates for racial justice. And I love his work because it's filled with historical examples and helps us see some things that are so important. So don't miss next week's episode of Red Letter Disciple. How do you not miss it? The best thing you can do, hit that little plus sign, which is either going to be follow or subscribe. That way it shows up automatically on your feed next week, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Did you know we got all these videos on YouTube? And sometimes you're going to see some stuff on the YouTube that's pretty funny that you might miss in just the audio. So really grateful to have you today. And come on back next week for Red Letter Disciple. A Huda Media Production.